2: What's going on, everybody? It's Sanchez here. And again, we want to thank you guys for listening to our podcast. We are still streaming them live on Facebook. So if you're on Facebook, most Monday nights, we are on there streaming live. So we would love for you to join us. And we're able to do this because of our Patreons. Patreons, thank you guys so much for your support. Hey, listen! If you're still on this journey with us, thank you so much. Be sure to subscribe, to rate, and review us. That's how we get this podcast flooding all media outlets. Again, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anything, iHeartRadio, everything. We are there. So enjoy today's podcast. Well, let's talk pretty pretty much speech. <clears throat> so thank y'all for tuning in uh i've got a hard stop at like nine um okay. work, work is crazy and i've got i've got some exam prep i gotta do so um but yeah yeah welcome to the podcast i've already introduced them but if you haven't met or if you don't know who this fancy individual is his name is kier Lindsay. uh he's a dear friend we've been friends and brothers for a couple of years i think we initially met on social media um, and then ended up realizing that like he's like, we're, we're related, you know, because all black people are related.
1: <laughs>
2: My, <laughs> that's what does that so, say
1: about me? <laughs> that I'm not
2: related <laughs> to either of you. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's just the assumption. Free, free, free speech, right? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so, so we, <laughs> we met via social media and then ended up connecting through some music ventures with Common him though, who I'm sure y'all have heard me talk about in the past and so um, Kier kind of has a similar story background obviously it's unique to him and it's different but um, but yeah so thank you for being on tonight with this Kier. Uh, I want to start before we dive into this topic about freedom of speech I'll let Cedric set that up but yeah just tell people who you are what you do uh, maybe a little bit of your story with the you know you're calling to diverse spaces and really trying to help with diversity in a lot of these spaces but kind of share a little bit of your your experience in majority white spaces or black spaces or whatever you want to share. So,
3: Okay, well, uh, my name is Kier. I grew up in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And now I live in McLeansville, North Carolina with my wife and our two kids. And um, I have been in the church all of my life, literally. I grew up in the black church, Baptist, progressive Baptist church. Um, and I, I mean, I've served in apostolic churches in um, Assembly of God type churches, uh, so I it's all the cults, all the cults. I, oh my gosh. I've served the gambit of, <laughs> of, of churches. And then when I got into college, I served in a lot of, as far as like singing and guests appearing in like some Anglican churches, some uh, Catholic churches and all that stuff. So just, I've gotten to see a lot in ministry and experience a lot of uh, different ways that, uh, that people uh, run into their faith. But I'm currently the worship pastor at Celebration Church. Uh, based in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, and I've been there for a little over a year now. Um, what else? It is a multicultural, multi-ethnic church, uh, and we're doing some real heavy work down there. And that been before I even got there. Uh, we're just really stepping into what real unity looks like, not uniformity, what um, mm-hmm. real... Anti being anti racist looks like so um, I'm excited about that. I love my pastors and um, oh look at that, <laughs> my pastor. Sameless plug. Are, Same <laughs> <must> plug. <laughs> my pastor. How, how to fight are, racism? Um, crazy. That's a good book though. I heard about it. Um, Sto- Pastor Stovall Williams and Carrick Williams are global senior pastors, and our lead pastor is Pastor Tim Timberlake and Jen Timberlake. And um, yeah, so that's me. I was on staff at a multicultural church in quotation marks uh, for ten, year, 10 years, six years, um, mm-hmm. where I met my wife and met so many friends. Uh, and I'm going to preface that before I say anything else. Like, it, I don't regret anything about it. Um, I met my wife there. We got married there, all those things. So it's a lot of great memories there. However, separating that, um, I ran into a problem of. What we're going to be talking about tonight, like censorship and and um, a form of oppression. I really feel. And, and when I exited it, I felt the oppression lift off. Um, yeah. But essentially, I was forced to resign uh, because of my views on social injustice, racial injustice and how I was unashamed to speak about it on social media and how I was also unwavering and wasn't willing to bow and say, I won't post anything. Um, And before we get deep into that, uh, but that's essentially what happened. And um, I had to heal from that. I just got, I feel, I really just got healed from that a couple of months ago. Um, And I knew that I was healed when I was driving down, down the highway and no negative thought, no resentment, no stench of anger or anything popped up in me and I just drove past the church. And that was that, and I had no thoughts. And before then I always had a thought or I always you know, said something under my breath or something to myself, like it was that heavy for me. It was all a lot of hurt, a lot of anger, resentment, all that stuff. So I'm healed and I'm moving forward, but it is a part of my story. And I'm not afraid to talk about it because I know a lot of people, especially a lot of people that look like us are pressured into thinking that it's an abomination to talk about your experience. in a predominantly white church and you're made to feel guilty if you tell the truth as if you are telling a lie or if you are shaming the church. Um but you gotta tell your story and I realized when telling my story that a lot of people have experienced it and people feel like they're alone because so many people don't talk about it. And then you realize Absolutely. oh my gosh, there's so many people who have had this experience. Absolutely. Um yep. but I'm glad to be yep. here.
2: Yep, tell the truth and shame the
3: devil. And if it's white I, devils, I I'm to. sorry. That's it, my grandma used <laughs> to say that. Um, she used to say the first part <laughs> um, I was the only <laughs> I was the only African American person on staff For those six years, I left that part out mm. Yeah,
2: and and You also left out that you were on The Boys Season 6
3: or Season 8 I can't remember It is season 6 and it doesn't matter Because they can't even look up a video and see me anywhere So it doesn't even wow. exist is a big
2: deal Kier is low key a big deal, y'all. He's a humble, one of the most humble guys I know. Caring, mm. serving, and it's going to be interesting because we have two nines on the podcast tonight. Oh no. yeah, <laughs> two nines. So so <laughs> that's going to be that's going to be great. So Word. um no it, so yeah so Kier and I bonded over our just just our synergy, our, our similarities, um, similar hearts for you know. Race, fighting racism and the church and and that sort of thing. So you're you're getting somebody really really special um, and not just some rando off the street. So, uh, but Thank Cedric you. essentially hit me up last week and shared a, a post on that he posted on Facebook um, because y'all know Cedric's like the Facebook governor. He's like one of the senators of Facebook. <laughs> I <laughs> feel like and Cedric he just be one of my he, associate he, pastors. <laughs> <laughs> Cedric. <laughs> Cedric be out here in the streets and he's 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 going for it. And I, I'm kind of I'm in a I'm in a just a different season of life in general. So I'm like in and out of social media um trying to detox from a lot of things and divest from a lot of things. And so he hit me up and he I'm shared his post. <laughs> and Cedric's going ham for both of us. So I don't feel like right. I'm missing anything. I just share his post and I'm good. I'm going um, full this, told- is Cedric a nine or an eight?
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. and so so essentially he sent me the post that he posted about people like who are talking about their free speech being you know imposed upon and so what's the name of that white uh supremacist at parlor yeah he had like over 1.5 million downloads or something after the the uh the uh how how are they the patriot the patriot acts of last Wednesday that some are calling it right. The Patriot Christian acts insurrection. Uh, last week. So insurrection is he what wrote. the rest of the society are calling it, but the American Patriots are calling it freedom of speech being in,
1: in, uh, imposed on. So yeah. Cedric,
2: yeah, guide I, us, guide us down this rabbit hole.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll just read the posts um, and then explain part of the reason why, which you've already alluded to why I thought you'd be a great guest for tonight um, it says the following The irony of watching so many Christians issue warnings of our right to free speech being under assault with Trump being banned from Twitter. A lot of these same folks didn't have boo to say or even supported one of their pastors being disciplined, suspended, forced to resign, or, as in Kier's case, get fired for being, quote, too political and saying, Black Lives Matter from the pulpit and or on social media these past four years. Now they want to lecture us on how if we don't see what happened to Trump as endangering all of our rights to free speech and we shouldn't let our biases blind us to the fact that that's what's happening. Where was the lack of political biases when upholding the human dignity of black and brown bodies got those pastors fired? Heck, I know pastors who resigned because they could no longer in good conscience remain at a church that would terminate their employment for speaking up on matters, even in the most mundane of ways. And yes, I understand that even pastors have a employee's handbook and guidelines and policies. Heck, I'm pretty sure there is a policy written in response to some of my activity back in the day (laughs) in place that they agreed to when they started working at said church. Kind of like how we all sign, huh, terms and conditions with these social media platforms. Pointing this out will likely lead to someone misapplying separation of church and state just as poorly as they argue freedom of speech. Correct. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> and and let me let me speak
2: on since, you know, many of you might not know, you may know I took a a job at a mortgage company as a compliance officer. So let me just talk about a little bit of these uh, codes of ethics and, you know, code of conduct that just randomly appear out of thin air. So um, it has been brought to my attention a lot of a lot of places and a lot of churches. What happens is like here said in his story is you start to speak out about the realities of the situation of what's going on. And then out of out of nowhere, sometimes like your manager just sits you down, your boss, your pastor, your supervisor, and they just have these conversations. Like, brother, I just want to understand. Um, tell me what's going on. To, what's the heart behind this? And you know, like, well, you know, okay, it's cool. Like, as long as you're you're you're, it's Christ centered, and you're pointing people back to the quote quote pointing back to your, the gospel. I think, uh, think
3: you're hurting, hurting your pointing back to the by saying this. And you've got a lot of
1: potential. (laughs) A lot of potential. And we want to give you more.
3: We want to give you more influence. So, you know, all those things.
1: Right. Don't
3: don't Don't jack it up.
2: Mm -hmm. Don't jack it up. So these common things are often stated when it comes to posting and having these conversations. And then you kind of say, all right, cool. And you still just do your thing. And you do your thing with caution. Oh. If you're me, you do it with caution. But then it gets to a point where like, now nah, y'all really just trying to silence me.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like right. that's what then all do. of a sudden there's a social media policy,
2: policy
3: and they, they remind you about the apolitical position of the church. Every time there was a, a discussion or a mention of the social media policy in any meeting that I was in, I knew they were talking about me, but no one would ever say, I would like, you don't even need to tell the whole room because the whole room is actually abiding by all of your thoughts and ideas and political views. Just pull me aside and right. tell me, but don't, don't, I feel, I, I felt disrespected just being in the room, knowing they were talking about me, but they're not actually talking yeah. to me.
1: Yeah. There was no, a part no, of me no. that was just like, you know what? I'm going to just keep saying what I'm saying. Cause I wasn't even going that yeah. hard. I mean, if you look at oh, back, back in, back in like 2014, 2015, speaking. they were vanilla.
2: But, but that's yeah, the thing. Like, it's thing. a, it's a, it's a Kaepernick situation, right? Like, like there, there are more militant things happening now that people are doing now that, I mean, I would still find very, very conservative, but back then it would have been extremely radical. Like the post back then would be softballs now in comparison. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the punishment yeah. was actually, you know, a lot worse and, and to, no, they don't read a script. It's just very predictable. And right. maybe they do read a script. Maybe it's an understood evangelical script. I think there's the a of out there
1: that gets passed it, It's, around, it's probably John, John Maxwell.
2: Uh, yeah, if you go on <laughs> apologetics. Um, please, yeah.
3: John McArthur. <laughs> From my experience, there is uh, a common thread that they're all. because The Gospel you know, Coalition is what
2: cons- it's called. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> the script the
2: manuscript the the articles the ideas the the standard of christian living is called the gospel coalition
1: he ain't lying I mean he ain't I, wrong. am I, am i wrong no I, am I, have no, no, I mean hey it, one of the, like the, the the big honcho of the gospel coalition is like the church that he's at is not even a full mile away from my house mm. anyway keep sorry I cut you off here. <laughs> No, right, I was just I'm, saying I'm sorry, I did it too. Is
3: a, there is a common common thread of how they handle things. Mm-hmm. And it's right. like either it's either invisible or it is written down somewhere. Right. But it's there. Yeah.
2: Or it's written in an email about you without, you knowing. right. But and you then know, you're given a then you're given a random ultimatum out of nowhere.
1: Right. we We joke and we kid, but it's part of the fabric of white evangelicalism because I have people at my neck a little bit trolls coming out from underneath bridges, Mm -hmm. um, you know, not realizing they setting themselves up to be made look to look foolish who, you know, want to come at me. My point being, because I could go so many different directions with this is that they are so not used to having to actually talk about race That the very mention of it to them is uncomfortable awkward and offensive and because so many
0: of them post-civil rights judy was boring hello then judy discovered jumbacasino.com
1: it's my little escape
0: now judy's the life of the party
1: oh
3: baby mama's bringing home the bacon
0: whoa take it easy judy A woo a hand clapper, a high-fiver. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW for avoidance prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's movement. Sanitized
1: and reinterpreted the I Have a Dream speech.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And made it the like the one speech that Martin Luther King Jr. ever gave, and used that as the colorblind manifesto. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they don't have to send an email. They don't have to have a guidebook. They don't have to have a handbook or a script. It's something that has been downloaded and, into yeah. them that they they have been trained without being trained to have all of their alarm sign, you know signals go off when we start in particular, us start talking about it.
3: Yes. Right. Perfectly so, comfortable so, with yeah. the,
2: with
1: yeah. the, with the soft racism. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Of their community. Yeah. But, but also think about what they're trying to do from a historical perspective. They're trying to associate certain things to justify how they feel and what they view. So for instance, they're, 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 they're associating black lives matter with the black power Black Panther movement, which which is why they won't even accept th- this movement, I, I, mm-hmm. let alone the organization, because in their minds, historically, it resembles this.
3: And so well, there's that. They won't even talk about yeah. the fullness of the Black Panther Party. Let's not even talk about that, of all the great things that still exist today that are were instated because of the Black Panther Party. That's not mm-hmm. worth talking about elaborate <laughs> well it's things like the free lunch program that right. so many people are dependent upon and if that was not in place people would be hungry right. um because certain things anything. like educating other black people about guns and you know once they got guns and were educated and were owners and legally owning guns then they shut it down
2: Right. So to it's pro- like to pro- to protect their communities, not to go b-
3: shoot b- up white people and things like that, but just to protect themselves and teach people how to protect themselves, men, right. women and all that. So, right. Yeah, it's, because they, they were
1: getting brutalized by the police mm-hmm. and they had no intention right. of using it against the police. But it was enough to make the police think twice yes. about mm-hmm. the injustices they were inflicting on the people in Oakland. And it's interesting that you mentioned that because one of the things that I've been thinking about in light of Wednesday is all of the times that black, a black movement, whether the civil rights movement or the black Panthers, which are extension of that came up on government buildings in particular state houses in a Capitol and they're, they um, you know, a, a show demonstration protests uh, at the governor at the California state house was one of the few times we have like a protest where black people actually came into a government building armed. Mm-hmm. And it led to none other, none other than the governor of California, Ronald Reagan, making a gun ban in mm-hmm. the state of California.
3: Mm hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's funny, It's funny how these things just
3: yeah don't age well. but oh, well, we're all the reports to see it'll it's like, well, why do we have to make it about race?
2: Well, <laughs> right, right, right.
3: That's the excuse is right.
2: and and it's because people fail to see that no, there's a now I feel like it's more overt, but there's an overt double standard that that we're seeing like being like on full display. Right, You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I mean, call it, call the spade what it is. Had y'all and like, have we been on that Capitol just peacefully singing Negro spirituals? Right. We, we might not be sitting here right now. But that's like, that's a,
3: that's a real life possibility because anything could go wrong when we're in contact or any kind of altercation or disagreement with, any authority. So that's like, that's a real thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: But, but I mean, again, I mean, part of this is we've couched this in, in the idea of freedom of speech. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is that we have, again, Christians, people who all three of us have worked with that we can, you know, think of names and, and faces to whom they are more upset. They are more upset about the president, Getting kicked off Twitter, getting suspended on Facebook, then they are about the people who killed a Capitol police officer.
3: And that broke my heart. Seeing the
1: same. I saw that video yesterday, and it's 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 it, this is the part that just boggles my mind. I'm like, here we are, getting crucified. It might be a little bit of hyperbole, but you get my idea about just talking about defunding the police. Think about the responses that we've got from people about defunding the police and how often we have to defend even using the word defund. While these dudes out here beating Capitol Police officers with hockey sticks, crutches and irony of all ironies, the American flag. The American flag. Right. So like miss me. Hashtag, miss... hashtag,
2: hashtag blue lives matter.
1: Right. But hashtag see, all, all lives matter. These <laughs> folks don't realize how stupid and foolish they look coming after us. Yeah. When you got folks beaten officers. The very people who have gotten in our faces about supporting the police, mm-hmm. but because they were an obstacle to what they wanted, they did not hesitate.
3: Don't and not hesitate. even mention the the vandalism and the peeing in the Capitol building, the breaking things that some of that's, you know, it's a Capitol building. Some of that stuff is irreplaceable. Some of you know, it's, it, it's the same thing when you think right. about the monuments and the looting and all what? the stuff that have been no talked about for we, years. But we get and <laughs> the
2: capital. Kier, don't loot my target, do not loot my target, do not burn my target. I, I mean, here, <laughs> but 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 gonna have to rebuild capability. that
1: CVS. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what about the small business owners, Kier? <laughs> I mean, I I'm not trying to make light of people that own that stuff. I'm not it really.
1: Sanchez, not. you're <laughs> a small business owner. I think you can make the comment.
2: True. You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be fair, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to, no, to laugh. But, but it's just so like the, the hypocrisy is so overt. Like it's, it's not even for me, it's not even laughable anymore. And you know it's I'm saying possible. like, I, I don't go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I just don't have any emotion because like, We've been trying to tell y'all this for the last two years. We've been trying to and like for instance, like a call that I had today with a bunch of clergy expressing how they feel. I'm like, man, I hear you. Like that's good. But okay, here here's the practical for my white friends in the room. Go go buy Jamar's book so it can be a, a New York Times bestseller. And and in six months we'll have the same kumbaya session and why we need to pray and lament and how everybody's on the elementary level. Like I miss
1: me with all that, bro. Missing all that. Where was the unity? Where was the unity? Where was the people right. that had Kier's back when he was getting fired? Don't well, even they, get they me started exist.
3: on that because literally, I I looked behind me and there was nobody there. <laughs> Yeah. I mean and and I may I add this these are people who I who I was friends with, who I did yeah. life with, who I ate at the dinner table, yeah. who I got on the boat with, who who married yep. me and my yep. wife. You know, it's like yep. we yep. did life together. But when when it when it came to to the the aspect of I guess racial injustice, I'm gonna say, and and Donald Trump I'll say too, they just weren't willing to say hey, we, we, need to, we need to talk about this or we need to rethink this. It was just like, okay, yeah. I was actually in a meeting and at the time, there was a black guy that was coming into the, um, to the fold and I was told in a meeting that I could be considered a PR nightmare. So basically, just bad for business.
1: Well, that statement right there says it all. Says it all. Yep. because yeah, the churches, these churches, will also. Let me ask you this: Were you did the topic of a a uh, a non-disclosure agreement come up? Absolutely. Oh yeah! Uh, Don't say so, anything
2: for X amount of months before. Yeah. If you I want severance,
1: keep your mouth. If you technically. Technically, not a violation of your free speech, but using the logic of the folks who are mad. About Donald Trump getting banned from Twitter, which let's be real. dude should have been banned a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Very. Absolutely. Dude should before, have been banned a this. long time ago. <laughs> all right. As many it, yeah. if you got a, there, there should be like a quota. Because remember, remember the year Rasheed Wallace got 41 technical fouls in the NBA. And then the next year they said, okay, we have to we have to get this under control. So we're going to have a a 15 technical foul limit and by the time you get to the, you know, technical foul number 15, the next one you get suspended a game. And then they mm-hmm. instituted one in the playoffs, thanks Draymond Green for ruining the 73 win uh Golden State Warrior team for giving LeBron James a unnecessary uh No not. no
2: no no don't
1: do that don't do that. <laughs> Sanchez, I'm gonna do it. They were about to get trashed. Let's just say it, okay? Anyway, uh they were about to go home five one. I mean four one. It was it was over. Anyway, I ain't trying to take nothing away from LeBron James. There's been so many different situations that have turned it NBA finals. That's the way it goes. Period. Amen. Listen, but I got my I got my I got my, my point being he had crossed that threshold of seven technical files. My point being for all the people that are sick of the sports analogy already, how many times do you have to say that this tweet has misinformation before you say, you know what, you've reached your quota. You suspended, dog. Right? Like how many times? Why didn't you, bro? Oh, you're you're muted. Oh, you're, you're mute, muted.
2: you're muted, you muted, you muted. You're muted.
3: I not that. That's rude, I'm just kidding. No, I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> Talked about it going. <laughs> it was also going to 88 million people. Yeah. And 88 <laughs> million people that will believe, and as we know, this is not speaking rude. 88 million people who will believe every word that you say, and who will act and move on every word that you say. Pretty much. Pretty much. He ain't no
1: dummy. But see, that's the other thing. Hey, y'all, how many times, how many times have you been told by somebody from your evangelical past that you need to be really careful with your words because you're being really divisive?
3: Oh, and these are the same
1: people who are mad. I mean, they mad. Yo, how can you not see that this is a threat to all of us? Because it wasn't the government that took it away from him. It is not the government who is coercing anyone to ban him from social media because he's got a stinking press conference, a press room in his house for at least another 10 days. Right. Right. It's not. We are nowhere near China. This would be like China silencing the leader of China. This was this would be not, you know, China silencing the, the, the right. Chinese underground church that even white evangelicals love so much. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget hearing a missionary from one of those churches in China come to the church that I was at and say, y'all are praying for our oppression. Heck, we pray for yours. You mm. guys are oppressed by your stuff. We don't want your wealth. We don't want your riches because we mm. see what it does to you. I'd love to hear him talk about what our misplaced sense of freedoms would uh, you know what he'd have to say about that looks like Sanchez might have had another electrical issue that has him
3: bowing out for (laughs) a moment he should be back momentarily momentarily but that's that's not even just from China that's that's from other countries as well that we're like constantly praying for and we should continue to pray for them, but yes. we have the wrong idea and we have misconceptions about the oppression that they have. And we like to equate sometimes our oppression, but also we choose moments where we're like, we're the freest of the free, 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 free. And we need to go over here and help these unfree, free, free, free people. Right. Yeah.
2: Right. I'm in mind when that crap out.
3: I I figured as much.
2: (laughs) So we're not going to pick
1: them up as a sponsor? (laughs) No. (laughs) You killed me with the keyboard. (laughs) You know I didn't grow up in a black church. I don't know what to do. Hey, listen, man. I
2: got you.
1: you. Yeah. um, But I did do my uncle and my my granny's funeral. (laughs) (laughs) What about that? Oh, we were just talking about uh, again the whole idea of freedom of speech and the the using China as an example of because so many of them are saying like we're one step closer to China. It's like China's the exact opposite,
3: right? And then because yeah, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I'm, I was just going to say, say
1: the key element of a violation of freedom of speech is the government somehow has to be involved with silencing you right. completely.
2: Mm -hmm. And our government doesn't. Well, unless you're black.
1: Well, it's the head of our government who's losing the privilege of using certain platforms. But he still has plenty of ways to get his voice out there. And again, the government is not silencing
3: him. It's a private company that's publicly traded. Right. Right. And I, I read an article today about... I think Facebook, is it Facebook or Twitter, their, their shares went down, five the stock went down $5 billion or something like that. So, of course, we know that So you're saying I should buy the, now? I mean, <laughs> I, it's, it's still like... But part of that, you think about it, it's like, okay, now, they probably were sick of it too, but it also was a business move as well. It's like, oh well, he's killing our business, which you can't be mad about, but
1: Get rid of our or silence us when we are in these churches. It's a money decision.
3: I'm and I don't want to talk too much because I again I'm healed, so I don't want to appear to be a bitter, angry person, but I just have to share because some of these it's things the people feel like they're it. alone. I get it. <laughs> I was also told what what if something that you said uh causes a millionaire to leave our church? And I was like well, hopefully, if they don't agree with what I'm saying, since what I say is I address the thing, talk about the thing, then I say, we need the, the only way to get rid of this is for us to come together, but we got to do the work to come together. And, and you know, I put Jesus all up in there because at the end of the day, we need Jesus. I'm like, if, if you or him don't agree with, or he doesn't agree with that, or she doesn't agree with that, hopefully you would pick up the cross and continue to go and we continue to do this work. But of course, that wasn't the case.
1: Right. Or here's an idea. It's called you being the lead pastor.
3: Listen, Mm. I'm glad I knew my self-worth because Mm. I had so many opportunities to feel like crap. I I had so many opportunities to even shift my way of thinking to that way of thinking, because, again, I watched people come in and they shifted their way to that way of thinking. And maybe that helps them get by and helps them survive. But that's just not me. And as a nine wing eight and I, are you a wing eight set? I'm a wing one okay I'm a wing mm-hmm. eight so I'm like this peacemaker but I'm also like okay I'm gonna go get this piece kind of deal And <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't I can't and I'm I'm, I'm rebellious in a way so I, I just can't bow to that. I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to function. So I, I just could never say, no, I'm not going to stop talking. I mean, I could never say I'm going to stop talking about injustice and I'm just going to talk about worship. I could I can't do that because that's right. not the full word of God. And so the chips fail where they may.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And um, again, I, I think my situation was different because I wasn't, I wasn't fired, but the the pressure was, was there. And Mm -hmm. there's, who knows, there's things that went on behind the scene that I don't know about. And I try not to spend too much time speculating on those things. Lord knows my, my, my wife has, (laughs) Uh, but um, (sighs) now I just totally brain farted on where I was going other than to say, it's part of my journey I think he would say it's part of your journey as well in our continued maturation and growth not only as a, a human being but in our faith which those two things mm-hmm. are intertwined because one of the things for me that I, I, I firmly believe is that my my faith is ultimately about Jesus, um, not just saving me to say you're saved and you don't go to hell, but so that I can become more fully human and so that other people can become more fully human mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And so letting go of the resentment or not even so much letting go, letting go isn't the right word, but letting God work on me process and process me. And then also recognizing, and this is part of the reason why I'm not, I mean I talk about it. I talk about it openly obviously my experience and I love a lot of people from there and still think of them well and when I see them right. you know it's all good um but if I hadn't gone the way I had left I probably it would have probably taken something else to get me out of there and one Which of my friends high
3: that was that's what happened to me what what you did is what i should have done at the end of the day right Right.
1: and i mean i was able to i felt and everybody could see it a pull in my burden in ministry had broadened which i would say is the reality for all three of us it broadened and yet here we are still doing much of the same thing that we quote stepped out of you're still a worship pastor. You know, Sanchez, you still do stuff with music and executive leadership, and I'm still working with teenagers. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can do that, but you know what? Let's run a small business. That's some exec stuff. Yeah, no doubt. So anyway, my, my, my point being is that in hindsight, I needed to leave. Mm hmm. And I – it was going to be really hard for me to do that on my own because I'm such a peacemaker and I don't mm-hmm. want conflict. And in a lot of ways, I don't I, – I don't like big change. I can handle small change all day, but big change I, I don't particularly care for. I like – I like Constance.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm I, with you on all, all of that. I'm a four-wing three, so – Life is very complex, nuanced. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's just sad, you know, um, I, I think I my heart breaks for those that are still in those spaces, right? Um, those spaces where they they can't say anything or they won't say mm-hmm. anything. And then I, I think a part of me is also annoyed with folks that are in those spaces that are egging it on and encouraging the behavior that a lot of these churches and leaders are exhibiting. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's that's more so the threat and problem is when you have people of color who, yeah, are, are doing enough to get by because it's easy. Yo, like, I mean, here I mean, let's agree. As musicians and vocalists, the, it's easy and the money's real good to go sing four songs,
3: a couple phrases that repeat, do your thing and bounce. Then that's go, essentially what I was asked to do as my time with or there, that's essentially what I was asked to do. And I said, that's not who I am. Yeah, I yeah. remember that, yeah. right. But, but, but you're yeah. right. It's easy to just do it and go home. Yeah, which is
2: what a lot of people are doing, which is why we have a lot of these problems, because joker's just showing yes. up. The check don't bounce, and you know that check's going to be there, and you might get a little food in that hospitality room. And yeah, cool. It's a transaction. I get my check. You get your you get your black man, you get your black
3: woman, you get your gospel sound, and and we out. <laughs> and at but, some point they, they they get home and I'm sure at some point you realize oh I'm so empty. Like I'm so disconnected really from what the Spirit of God is doing because I'm just going in here clocking out and I'm not making any difference and I'm taking on all this oppression and weight that's being given to me. And I'm just getting a little check. Yeah. And then you also have the ones that,
2: well, my talent is my anointing. So who cares what I do? <laughs> yeah, that's the sad part. That's the struggle. Yeah. <laughs> my talent is equals anointing, which we all should know that that's not true. So well. who cares what I'm going to do? I'm, I'm going to get this check and I'm going to do my thing. And talent and wow people. And convince these people that it's the spirit of God and it's a move of God. Right. And I'm not going to say it may, it may be there. It may be in that moment. Who knows? That will never but, be but enough
3: for me. It, that will never. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and it's fascinating because I think we have arrived at this moment again. It started, the moment really started last spring. And the intensity increased in the summer, and it has intensified even more. So I was talking to a friend of mine, and I I don't have permission to share the story, so I don't want to give too many details and kind of reveal who who this person might be. But um, I think he is an example of what we're going to see more of. I have a friend who was a pastor at a church Um, using a role that he was really it was his dream. And he called me to give me an update to tell me that he had resigned from the church that he was uh, a pastor at. And the reason why he resigned was because he knew that if he was to speak the truth about evangelicalism's alignment with Trump and white supremacy, but in particular with Trump, because <laughs> he's still on the journey. He would have gotten fired. He would have lost his job. So he he had the choice to just remain quiet and go about the business of ministry and the gospel.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And yet he couldn't do it. It is conscious. He couldn't do it. And he he didn't have the next thing lined up and he's white. At an all-white church. And cut off. But see, this is my point. I don't think he's the only
3: one. No. Oh, I know so many.
1: Right. And again, it's (laughs) the way unconscious bias works. It's really easy for some of the people that we know to have done what they did. And really not care. Oh, well, that's too bad that Kier has gone. That's too bad that Sanchez is gone. You know, I wonder what all was the reasons that led to Cedric leaving if it was more than his, you know, burden of ministry or, you know, has expanded and there's not a role for him here. How is there not a role for him here when he's been here 10 years? Anyway. Um, it's 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 these it's easy for them to look over us with unconscious bias it's not so easy for them to overlook their fellow deemed white pastors so I'm really Mm -hmm. interested to see whether they start to be more transparent about their reason for leaving Mm -hmm. if they start to quote leave loud Mm -hmm. I didn't. I don't expect this friend to have left loud because I know him long enough to know that, man, the step he took was huge. I mean, it was massive. And all of us have spent time unemployed due to this situation. So it ain't no joke. No, it's not. No joke.
2: If you want to talk about a season where it can feel ostracizing and like just lonely. Um, because there aren't many people that are taking those courageous steps. Um, I, I, I think about that too, Cedric. Like, there are a couple people I know that are being impacted and has they've been impacted the last year. Um, and I'm curious as to if 2021 will be their coming out year and and like counting the cost. Yeah. Like counting the cost for, as they say, for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the truth. And um. I, I want to believe, I think my hope is in the small stories that you just shared and that, and <laughs> that there are a small number of people that are on that journey and, and, and we need to be prepared financially to look out for them. Yes. You know, like that's something that I, I am, I'm trying to work on myself with saving and personally is to, it, it once called want the black bailout fund for getting, get, getting Negroes out of there as much as they would want to. And, being able to support, but once just a general fund for for pastors because um, there are a lot of pastors that are compromising the integrity of Scripture and mm-hmm. they know it and they're, and they're cool with it and and a lot of them like are are intentionally turning a blind eye so they they
3: don't have to deal with the conviction. Can I say something to that, please? Okay, <laughs> so my six years where I was, most people weren't active on social media which was an out for them to not being being informed about all that was going on in the world so you know i come in after something heavy happens one of the many shootings or whatever and i'm just heavy i'm in the office working at my desk not really trying to interact you know honestly not trying to interact with any white people at the moment i just need a process and in their world it's just everything is lovely and the sunny it's a sunny day and we got a meeting and they're like what's wrong with you kid and i'm like well this really isn't the moment for me to pour this out on you, but it just puts you in this awkward, this continuously awkward cycle of isolation, even when you're surrounded by people and it's like, and you don't want to be that mad angry black guy. So it's like, this isn't the, this isn't the moment, you know? So it's like, you're continuously just packing it up and keeping on moving. And before you know, it's end of the day. And so the next day starts, And the next shooting happens and it just builds up, builds up. And they're like, what's wrong? What's wrong? But it's like, they're not on social media. And they say, you know, it's polluted and it takes up my time. But it's like, well, if you're not going to be on social media, at least have someone that you're close to that is on social media that can keep you updated on world events. If we're going to actually pastor a multi-ethnic, multicultural church, we should be trying to stay informed about what's going on in the world. And we should have something to say, but you don't get to hide because you don't have social media. Well, you know, I, but it's easy for me to hide because
2: I don't have to acknowledge or address it. Yeah. And I can just Certainly. play it and just chalk it up to we just need more Jesus. We're all fallen human beings and the world's just inherently evil and there's nothing we're going to do. So we need to wallow in our human depravity until Jesus comes back and just takes all of the reformed people home to heaven.
1: And our our definition of culture is woefully incomplete and inadequate. Yep. So our understanding mm-hmm. of culture and therefore what it means to be multicultural had doesn't even have categories for cultural artifacts like social media mm-hmm. the only way we understand culture is somebody that looks different and comes from a different background yeah, exactly we have That's no it. concept for cultural artifacts which is why it becomes so easy to appropriate other cultures within the church uh, yeah, but so when it comes to free speech,
2: hopefully <laughs> the, the summary that you can take from this is uh, freedom of speech only applies to who? those that feel like they have their freedom of speech. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't have freedom of speech. I don't. I And I'll give you a prime example. I have a lot of my, White friends, or acculturatedly, or appropriately, you know, white friends, who who will say, "Sanchez, I want the real Sanchez." I give them a little taste of my lament or frustration. Oh well, that you're angry, you're yelling at me, you're you're really hostile right now. What what is this about? Like, wait, what?
3: With the lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: I'm I'm like passionately talking to you, expressing myself, and so like this idea that we all have the same, like we're all on the same playing field when it comes to speech is not true at all, um, at all, at all. But but it's it's and I and I think for me I'm learning and and or relearning like Christians live in a a cultish bubble and we don't even realize it. Like, being around so many people that don't operate in this evangelical arena has been one of the most liberating things. Um, not from a, like, oh, I want to go out and, and you know, whatever people think, but, like, their, their reality is just completely different. And, like, it really is the sunken place. I'm learning. It is. This, this Christian culture, cult thing that... That we like subscribe to and adhere to, and like the language, the wording. It, it's, 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 oh my gosh. Like it's, it's,
1: it's, and then like add Southern on top of that. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. S-
1: somebody, I don't want to interrupt you, but somebody oh, just on. asked a really good question that I think at the time we have left, we should jump into. They said racial issues versus political party issues versus charitable organization regulations. Was that ever discussed how Mm. a church has to be cautious about what its staff members promote or risk losing their 501c3? I really love this conversation because I think this distinction really needs to be fleshed out which we all hit kind of on it without being explicit yeah so Mm -hmm. when the church talks about being apolitical so that they don't violate the 501c3 in order to violate the 501c3 they have to use the pulpit to specifically endorse political parties and uh politicians candidates particularly those either in office or running for office, that would be a violation of 501c3, where they're telling you, you need to be voting for this party. Don't matter what party it is. If they're telling you how to vote, that is a violation yeah. of 501c3. Which they're doing. Oh, they do it in coded language.
3: Yeah. Which,
1: yeah. You just
3: make you made me flashback to 2016, um, where the whole summer revival... Say it again. Say it again. You broke up. Sorry. You made me flashback to 2016, where the whole summer mm-hmm. revival series, every Wednesday, was political, political messages. And it was very clear what was being said. It was very smartly said sometimes, and other times it got so passionate that it just came on out. And... It's like I had to sit through that. I, let, I would lead worship and hear that. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I'm just thinking, I'm just, I'm just processing something I haven't even thought about. Like that was a thing that happened. And then how I'm not there anymore because I said something about black people matter. Right, which, which
1: there's a certain segment of people. And I don't even want to put a label on them, but you'll see it. I had it happen to me recently they hear black lives matter and they or even a black perspective it don't even have to be black lives matter it can be a black perspective and they interpret it as liberal aka yeah. democrat so we are not hey, even way. allowed to have oh, our own perspective yeah. and at least uniquely be our perspective and yeah. it not be political according to those people and there lies the difference Being a political, and I've said this loads of times and you will hear me say it many more on this podcast. Being a political is a position of privilege when you are specifically a white male or you are trying to be in close proximity to that position of power. Right. Correct. Right. So if I speak about my experience as a black man, it is interpreted and understood as being political. If a woman talks about her experience as a woman, uniquely as a woman, it's being understood as a political diatribe. If someone talks about their experience as a you know, uh, a sexual minority, it's considered political. And here's the reason why. Again, I said this loads of times on the podcast, but there's some, maybe some new people in the house who haven't heard me say this explicitly. If you are not a white man in this country, then there was no need for additional policies to be written in order for you to have the full rights of citizenry in the United States of America. Therefore your very existence in this country and you having any rights at all only came about through the political process. So to this day, Those things are understood as being political. I would argue that technically they are political, but not political in Democrat versus Republican party politics. It's not political in a way that is going to violate a 501 C three because I can talk about my experience as a black man and policies that I would like to see enacted to protect and uphold my dignity without it being this this sign or this signal of, oh, he's affiliated with this party or he's endorsed that party. But yeah, it goes into
2: it. absolutism and subject, like being subjective. So, I, it, for instance, a, a, a lot of evangelical organizations, it's an absolute that abortion is wrong. It's an absolute that gay marriage is wrong. It's an absolute, so that the death penalty should be enacted. Right? These are quote unquote biblical absolutes that they make. So, for them, they don't see those as political things. They see those as absolute Bible verses. It's gospel versus mm-hmm. hey, my black body matters. Uh hey, this law is wrong, this policy is wrong, how we're treating immigrants is wrong, how we should be feeding and ending homelessness in our city. We need to be doing those are political things, right? Mm-hmm. But again, it's just a passive way to just mm-hmm. escape and avoid the issues. And because
3: why us. say it again? And, and silence.
2: silence
1: us.
3: And silence us with their power. And silence us with their. And I think a lot of people realize. I think a lot of people realize how deeply rooted it is in their families, and their churches, and their ideas. So that it, it exhausts them to think about having to do the work of yeah. de- deconstructing all of that. So it's easier to just say, "That's I don't want to talk about that. That's political. That's divisive."
2: Yeah. but yeah. Yeah, there's, I mean, somebody's got to have a manual of things that they say. Like, maybe we need to just write the book. Things they yeah. say. <laughs> you go, this is, this is how you translate what they're communicating. Because, right. that, I mean, that's what, and, and so that goes back to it. Free speech, like, for who? Like, we, the three of us, the freedom of speech we have is, fortunately, this platform and whatever spaces we create and that we have power, <laughs> but like, but for the most part, out in the public, oh, I'm breaking up, maybe. Out in the public yeah. square, like, freedom of speech is very subjective. Yeah. And un- unless you're complicit and compliant yeah. with white supremacy, mm-hmm. like, you ain't got freedom of speech. Yeah. You know, one of the like, things- millions of people that, there are millions of people that literally, going back to Cedric's point, believe Trump being banned from Twitter Twitter, not America, like not the country. Twitter, that he has lost his rights of like freedom of speech on a social media platform. Yep,
1: and do that as
2: a a press room in his his house, house. as a press room in his house,
3: has access to to any media outlet. Yeah, as if he's the first person to have ever been blocked from Twitter, Right.
1: right? Right, because the social media policies and the the, the 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 discrimination policies that came out weren't weaponized against black people on those platforms. Correct. Like, right. yo, how many Correct. times did Allie Henney say she got a uh, 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 Facebook ban <laughs> suspended? More it's like three handful. times. <laughs> right. It's like you don't see her whining or crying a river. And anyway, don't, 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 even, music, get don't yeah. even get me started. Don't even get me started. But yeah, it's so, um. What the, go ahead. No, it, it's just um. Again, like y'all know know the laws, know yeah. know what they actually say. But I'm gonna say this. <laughs> I'm gonna just leave it yeah, at crazy. this. Like, yeah. if you more upset about President Trump getting his Twitter ban than George Floyd getting choked to death about Tamir Rice being killed less than two seconds. I don't care if you condemn what happened on Wednesday. I don't Mm -hmm. care if you were present or not. You were with them in spirit. I said that the other day. You are with them in spirit. You are no different than the people who are indiscriminate You can't make them out in the background of town lynching photos from the late 1800s, early 1900s. You are no different than the people who would have bought the postcard as a souvenir. Uh,
3: mm, You are no different. And you're not more like Jesus to say, well, let's unify.
1: Yup. You are. Yup. You are not. You are no different just because you give a blanket condemnation of riots and violence, to then use that as a catapult into coming after us and saying, what about Black Lives Matter? Let me tell you something about the marches we uh, participated in. There's a photo of me walking side by side with an officer at our protest, talking about Michigan football. (laughs)
3: Let
1: me tell you something else about our protests. Sanchez darn near got arrested along with a city council member who got arrested. Trying to get people to return to their homes because there were literal. Literal armed people in the crowd trying to start stuff and then conveniently disappear. Look, we were in marches when there were people carrying AR-15s. You would have thought they had a halo around them because no one would get within 20 feet of them. Yet these jokers marching side by side with people strapped but then want to differentiate. Well, I'm not like them, bro. Look, they Mm -hmm. marching shoulder to shoulder, side by side with you. If you can't see what you stepped in, I feel sorry for you, bro. I'm praying mm-hmm. for you. I mean that sincerely. I'm praying for you because you are lost. You're yeah. lost. And I yeah. want you to find your way home. Only thing I would say is
2: if you lost, man, like jump in somewhere. And I and, and I'm I'm saying this like I'm kind of over this, like something tragic happens, the country is shaken, so everybody wants to figure out what solutions to do. And they wonder why nothing progresses is because you've not changed your lifestyle. So change your lifestyle, get around people that are going to like challenge you, but also love you in that. Um, don't over, like, I think people misconstrued like what I say, when I say, don't overwhelm all your only black friends <laughs> because it, it is exhausting and they can't be your savior. Like they can't be your crutch. Like you've got to do some of this work. And if you're looking for ways to support organizations and things like this is a great platform, go support us on Patreon, go buy Jamar's book, go buy these resources. But more importantly, you got to get connected in your own communities and you got to get around people that are different than you and not just get around them. But you need to learn and you need to learn how to deconstruct (laughs) your thinking, like deconstruct your thinking, deconstruct your uh, theology from Christian nationalism to like, like purely Jesus and what the Bible teaches. And so, um, Kier, thanks for, for being on here and, uh, inspiring us all, bro. Word. Inspiring us all to tell you story, man. Like there are a lot of people right now that I'm like, I mean, we've been out of it for a while and I have to remember, like, there's still people that they still are in it. You know, so I feel compelled, like, what's my responsibility is to continue to share stories so people don't think they're crazy, you know, and then figure out ways to, f- like, get the finances and get the support around these people so they don't have to stay and settle. Get out.
3: In some ways. Sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, in some ways, and I don't want people to take this out of context, in some ways, we are continuing the legacy of Harriet Tubman.
1: Hmm. Yep. Yeah. Get yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. get and we out. have to construct this 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 pathway to help get them on their feet so they can be free yeah. from their yeah. oppression within those those spaces. And yo, yo, <laughs> let's not forget, yo, check on your white friends. Check on your yeah. white friends. Because, yo, yo Christmas, Thanksgiving, we get to spend with our family without worrying about it turning all pear-shake talking about politics.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Wednesday exasperated the division and split and the tearing of many deemed white families. Check on your white friends. Yeah. 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 Absolutely.
3: Yeah. That's right. important. That's important to remember them Yeah.
2: No, it is. I have to remember that myself and i I struggle with it sometimes but it's very very important so all right peace peace love and self-control